Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and um, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. We're glad you joined us this week. I, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Man, we are professionals. We are the most professional <laughs> podcast you've probably never heard. <laughs> Gosh, we we are... Uh, dude, life is... It's, it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, I was explaining to one of my sons a while ago... Um, that the challenge in life is you're going to have your, your mountaintop experiences, but you're also going to have your valleys. And the really interesting thing about that illustration is that between every, and if you look at mountains, like you'll notice that there is always a valley before you get to a mountain. Um, your job is just to endure and then, you know, and climb up that mountain. And it's sometimes it's like, Dude, I just want to be at the top. <laughs> so that's that's where life is today. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it's interest. It's interesting. Well, yeah, I think that's. I mean, life's always kind of interesting in that way, right? Uh, not always in the way that we want it to be. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I, I, I know that they started the January sixth uh, committee today. Yes. Have you, did you get a chance to peek at any of that or any, um, like a little bit? So I was reading really, okay, very, very little. Um, so okay. kiddo is in swim lessons right now since we are living at the beach. Very important that she finishes learning how to swim. She had done some lessons, um, like pool lessons a while ago, but we found this guy. Right. Uh, I'll give him a shout out on the podcast, Clinton Donald. Um, does private swim lessons down here at Carolina Beach. They have a bunch of different ways that you can do it, but one of the cool things when what we sign uh, Helena up for is the open water swim lessons. And so That's cool. teaching them about swimming in the ocean, how to um, you know identify and what to do in the event that you get caught in a rip current, um, how to handle different sized waves, um, and then obviously like being able to go underwater, um, come up, swim, a lot of boogie board stuff that's involved as well kind of learning how to ride that's the waves dope. in yeah. and she's been having an absolute blast but while i was over there um watching her swim and do her swim lessons i was i got a notification on my phone that was saying something about um you know like was it liz cheney and the, the rep from illinois who are part of the adam, adam kissing yeah um yeah henry's son right <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think, I think there's any release. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Kinzinger or something. Yeah, Kiz, yeah. But uh, he's dope. I like him. Yeah. But yeah, they were both. Uh, the article was basically just talking about how they were defending, you know, their position or their conservatism or their conservative record and voting and stuff like that. And you know, because I guess Kevin McCarthy was calling them Pelosi Republicans. That's a that's oh, okay. a thing that's that dope. we're throwing out there right now like that's an insult <laughs> i guess i mean and i'm not i'm not like oh nancy pelosi but it's like i mean right i i would remember i was never a big nancy yeah fan. like I, i've never been like yo she's dumb no, big I, I way her. more hardy boys than nancy drew <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid so anyway i cut you off <laughs> oh um but yeah like that was really the primary thing i saw another headline but i didn't get a chance to read the article 
that was talking about the four Capitol uh, Hill police officers that okay. had you know testified and kind of described everything that they had to go through on that day. Again, didn't get to read a lot of details. Um, I think the headline was something to the effect of, you know, like Trump had defined them as a loving crowd. Um, yeah. One, you know, person said, you know, or one of the officers made a comment around like, uh, I'm still dealing with the effects from those hugs and kisses, basically. Um, I, I, um, huh. I, I kind of think that um, I, I've actually gotten kind of cynical when it comes to uh, our, our current political state, if I'm being completely transparent. Um, no, I can't see through you at all. <laughs> I don't I'm kind of done with the dog and pony show yeah. right it's like look let's let's figure out what do we do next um, now I guess and, my question not to interrupt but do you feel like this committee is more the dog and pony show than actually trying to do anything or vice versa I, I think it's a little bit of both okay so the, there's nothing stopping them from calling um, the former president to the stand sure um but will they do it? That's the question. Does the right? committee like have subpoena power? Yeah. Okay. They do. So they could s technically force him, but any lawyer the worth their salt would just say, take the fifth, right? Mm -mm. You can't in that situation? You almost. Um, I don't. Or is that admitting guilt? Yeah, that's that would technically be admitting guilt. Well, and that's one of the things. I mean, there's been a lot in the books that have been released since, you know, he's left office and stuff right. over the last few months that kind of uh give was supposedly more of an insider view of what was going on there um and I, there was one quote that i remember somebody basically saying like and i don't think it was a quote from what a conversation that happened but i'm quoting somebody who was referring to these books and saying it's basically like somebody the lawyers came in at one point and told him if you don't do anything you will be criminally liable or could be like you're opening yourself up to liability on this from a criminal or even like a um, civil lawsuit. Negligence. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, like I am amazed that there hasn't already been and, and maybe there's just there's a push that's happening behind the scenes. But for people to file some sort of civil suit, you know, for if it's the Capitol Police officers, if it's, you know, anybody that was basically there and not not part of the riot itself i i think that um there have been this past year has given me like an inspiration to go to law school uh but you did you said you always of, wanted to be a lawyer so yeah um there there's a lot of uh of stupidity and cowardice when it comes to seeking the truth and i, and I see it a lot from the media lately and um it, it's like you can't ask a baited question without intent, right? Like you can't right. like, there's no such thing as a softball question. There's intent behind that. And I think that there, there's a certain amount of courage to, to really want to seek the truth. And I, I just find that whether it's the media or our, our government in general, not anybody specifically, they don't have the, the desire to solve a problem. So what's their motivation, um, right? I think like that's what it right. kind of comes down to in a lot of cases. What's the motivation for the media, 
you know, in this case? Um, what's the motivation for the individual politicians? If it doesn't affect them directly and they don't see it as a path towards re-election or reaffirming their position within the party, then, I mean, I, and that's where I think, you know, you were talking about the state, our political state, right? That's right. that's part of the issue is that we have people who are essentially unaffected by the things that are affecting so many of the rest of us. And those are the people right. who are then given the influence to make decisions that affect the rest of us. Like it's it's really it's bananas. It's like uh, I don't I don't necessarily. So if it's so to support my my uh, opinion of dog and pony show versus possibly getting to uh, some type of resolution, it's not necessarily a bad thing to expose Donald Trump for what he is, right? right? Um, you just have to have the courage to see that all the way through, and I, I don't know if they're really committed to that. And that's yeah, I think uh, that's one of those things that we will find out at the end, right? Like, right? How much was this just a a show? Right. How much was this all just to make Democrats feel like the you know Democratic voters feel like the Democrats right. didn't just roll over, you know, um, and play dead and play dead, which I mean, yeah, like I would have been honestly furious had that been the case. Like if they're if they had just basically said, well, if the Republicans aren't into it, then I guess we're just not going to have be able to do this. Like, come on. <laughs> I've heard it said best, like several times, bipartisanship for the sake of bipartisanship is is useless. It, right. Um, Ultimately, are you helping to craft better legislation? Right. If it's not helping to do that, then why do, why would it matter? I mean, ultimately, right. like it. I'm sorry. Like it's just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not a good idea. I I, I, I hearken back to the, the talks earlier or late last year when there was a potential of passing the John Lewis Voting Act. Uh, and for whatever reason, what in, what it was a stupid reason. It was very immature. The Democrats sat on that bill and tried to create H.R. 1 or the For the People Act, which was a it was a very dangerous play that. Hold on one second. <laughs> hey, honey. Hey, sugar. I love you. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. <laughs> so what the? Well, we don't have to cut that. Out. That was great. That was. That's live. <laughs> that's that's, life, that's, like, that's live. my life. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, and they they waited on they they thought HR one was the path to protect voting rights, but the reality was that the John Lewis Act. There was support on both sides of the aisle. Well, and, I right? mean, it's not like you couldn't have had one and the other, right? Like, you could have done essentially both. You could have established things with the John Lewis Act, and then if you felt like you really need to increase those protections, work on H.R. 1 afterwards. Like, why right. Why not take the half step when it's available and instead say, like, I mean... H.R. 1 was a... It was more of a... It was a, it was a partisan act. It wasn't... It had nothing to do with, like, the... Right, vast majority of people. But that's all. It's like you know, you knock you knock a ball into, you know, like right center, right, or way over <laughs> into right field in the foul foul ball territory, and you've got a stand up double, but instead of that, you say no, I'm going to go for the in the park home run, 
right? Yeah. Like you were rounding because... third and the catcher already has the ball <laughs> and you're and the third base coach is like, Stop and you're like Stop. I don't care you know. <laughs> I've got yeah. this. It's like you don't got no, this. So you don't. So just take the stand up double and like And call it a Yeah, day. right? Like, Let you, somebody else drive you home. Yeah, it's so that those are things where it's like I I'm I'm intrigued by what their strategy is. And... <laughs> intrigued is a very generous <laughs> word. Well, I mean, they could hit they could hit the ball on this one, right? Sure. So there's no there is no foul if they expose some of the behind the scenes issues on January sixth. There's li- literally no harm, no foul. Right. The issue is. Once they play that card, they have to go. They have to go all the way through. They can't go halfway on that one. I don't think they have the. I don't think they have it in them to do it. If I'm being honest. Well, I would say that Democratic politicians to this point have demonstrated have not demonstrated an ability, right? Like that. That ability or that desire to take it all the way. Um, yeah. You know, and. So it will be very interesting, ultimately, to kind of see what comes of that. I am, I don't even want to say hopeful. Hopeful is not the right word, I guess. Maybe it is. Like, I hope that they do the right thing. You know, that they they understand the difference between right and wrong and that, you know, this is a legitimate push to find out what really happened and possibly, more importantly, make sure something like that never happens again. Like, See, that's that's the risk, right? If they're going to say we're going to have a committee... And the the intent of this committee is to get to the truth. Well, the truth has consequences. That too. So, yeah. And to pretend like the truth doesn't have consequences is the wrong play. Um, I'm not necessarily interested in uh, relitigating the character of Donald Trump. No, that like, that's not I, the I'm, point, right? This isn't, and yeah. this is shouldn't in any way be a witch hunt to try and make sure that there's some evidence that points to him, right? Exactly. That's not what we're right? here for. This isn't get Donald Trump at all and any cost. This is should, excuse me, be a legitimate search for what happened, a fact-finding mission to understand what happened. I mean, I know that the ceremony of ratifying and certifying the electoral votes had it not occurred in that moment could have still taken place, right? That the even right. the, the 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 copies of the printouts and stuff like that that the that they supposedly almost got their hands on it's not like those were the only originals that they didn't have some other right. co- you know it's like i get that it wasn't necessarily you know we stop them or donald trump remains president and the united states falls apart as a country but we had a massive security breach like that's the thing for me where it's like where in the chain of command did all of this fall apart? You had actionable intelligence that told you things were not good, that there was a chance right. for violence, and yet all of the reports coming out were, well, we don't see any need for additional security forces because there's no chance that these people are going to become violent. Okay. So I was I was actually thinking about the, the, the overlap in jurisdiction, like when I was in our downtown Raleigh today, right? So in certain instances... Cap, state capital police have jurisdiction right but physically where are they at they're in raleigh yeah what if a actually what if a crime happens and i've got a, a beat cop on salisbury street but he's 
he's hindered by jurisdiction. Right. Right. Let's take that same scenario and and you put it to the you know the Capitol Police. Yeah. I think part of that was the break. <laughs> like sure. if I'm being honest, it's like we can't pull the trigger on this because we have to follow some protocol. Uh, and this is just a layman's theory, but those things should be discussed and talked about and and brought to you know brought to light. Yeah. Um, because it makes absolutely no sense to have double jurisdiction in certain instances. Now, not especially not if it becomes a hindrance, right? Like that's right. that's the underlying issue there. Sure, it you right. know it'd be one thing to say, okay, both D.C. police and Capitol police have jurisdiction in these areas, and either one are able to operate there, right? That's but in this case, right, it was that D.C. police essentially were not allowed. To, to intervene. intervene in any way, shape, or form because they didn't have jurisdiction on the property of the Capitol. Right. So that was kind of like those are issues, and those are the the in the weeds, uh, you know, the details of um, things that we haven't really discussed. And I think the entire country would like to number one, let's let's seek the truth. Sure, it's not. Well, it I don't know if the entire country is necessarily on board with that, but I think you do have an overwhelming majority. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you look at Tom Brady, who I gained a lot of, like, I, I don't know, Tom Tom Brady's actually, he's pulling at my heartstrings, like his, uh, Stop. He, <laughs> like his, his whole, uh, impromptu comedy, it was brilliant. It, it was like the ultimate middle finger to the prior administration and the, uh, the platitudes that Donald Trump had gave. And it wasn't because Donald Trump is a, no, actually, I take that back. He, he has to, at some level, appreciate football because of his failed football yeah. league. But he tried to use that uh, familiarity with Tom Brady to you know f for his own game. Yeah, um, well, that's the other thing that I still just don't understand. I mean, the people who were in his inner circle, the people who surrounded him, and then the people who still are like oh he's you know he didn't do anything wrong he's the greatest president we've ever had it's like the man has no interest in serving anybody except himself like even his children yeah. he would throw his children under the bus if it would save him you know and i think he, he will. will i mean you don't think eric is ultimately going to end up going to prison at some point probably on behalf of his dad <laughs> i just i i i yeah i and i I refuse to let. Um, he doesn't live rent free in my head. No. I watched this uh, this Netflix uh, series, uh, How to Become a Tyrant. Uh, I saw that. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Oh my god! Really good. And I, I've actually, yeah, because I've actually said Trump reminds me of Mussolini yeah. and Hitler. I yeah. I, I mean, mean there are a lot of parallels. Yeah, uh, you can't. Like you can't have one without the other, and if people are, are they're choosing to say that he's not because yeah. we're the United States of America, right? Okay, fine. But uh, Gaddafi, Hitler, uh, Mussolini—I uh, can't remember the the there and tons of African dictators. They all have the same playbook, and if you go back over the past like five years, and, and I literally say five years because if you look at how we. He started his campaign. Yeah, dude. Guess what? That's that guy. Even now, post presidency, he still acts like a dictator. You know, like a dictator yeah. in exile. The way that he talks yeah. about things that happen, he still talks about the election being stolen from him. 
Like it's it's think, ridiculous that this man has such a freaking obsession with that at this point. You know that he is so blinded by his own insecurities that he can't accept the fact that he lost something legitimately. You know. Yeah, he said. Like I heard one of his uh, audio clips. He said he's statistically it was statistically um, impossible no right yeah and i was like first of all you can't say that if you can't spell you can't that. he can <laughs> so. barely get statistic out of his mouth like, and I, uh. so it's it's one of those things where it's like i would like to see the january's or the january 6th committee find the truth uh find the truth and there should be like i'm not saying you have to convict people like that's not my intent I'm not saying you you nail that person to the cross. No, just saying, present like, the evidence. I mean, like that's the point, yeah. right? Like, let the courts and everybody else handle the rest of that. I'm I'm not looking for a Senate Select Committee to be judge, jury, and executioner for this, right? Right. I want what I'm hoping that we get out of this is information. I mean, you guys spent three years on Benghazi, right? And Benghazi was a. It was a proverbial shit show. Yeah, it was. And and not to say that you didn't des- like it didn't deserve some understanding of what happened, right? But right. to sit there and say that that deserved 3 years of investigation and this nah, we're good. Nothing happened, Iran guys. Con- Ir- Ir- Iran Contra. Yeah. It's, I mean the like, stuff that happens I can go- off our own soil. <laughs> yes, let's dive into that. There must be a problem there. Things that happen on US soil? No, nothing's wrong. Why would we look into that? Yo, Ali North, man, he took one for the team, man. Like I and I, I hate to and I, I know that may ruffle some feathers, but I'm like you gotta understand he was not driving that car. No. God like, no. That was was Rumsfeld and Bush and Reagan. I mean, Reagan wasn't even really driving that car. That was mostly Rumsfeld and Bush. And then what did we do? We freaking put that dude in the White House with Rumsfeld as his secretary of defense. So my point being, like, we've got some, we we got dirt on the table. I mean, mean, the U.S. presidential elections are worse than NFL head coaching gigs. Like, the number of recycle, (laughs) rehire crap is just nauseating. It's bananas. It's bananas. And I, and I don't, like, and I, and I struggle because I am becoming cynical. Like, I I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of confidence that the, the same rules apply to, People that have been there, and this is the thing that bugs me the most: they are elected officials. Yeah. They are not. They are not uh, divine instruments. No, they're technically they're nothing. They are no different than the rest of us American citizens. Right. Right. That's the part that always like just ruffles my feathers. I'm like, yo, this guy. He's nobody special. No, but because of the influence that they have, right, within our government, we treat them with, you know, like, and that's, I agree. Like, I feel like to a lot, to a, I think we talked about this before. Like, it's almost like we have a ruling class, right? Right. It's, it's, we have politicians. And if you're a politician, cool, you can go be in our government. But we're going to tear your life apart and we want to know everything that's going on all the time. Doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going to happen. We're just going to drag your name through the news <laughs> on a repeated basis. Um, but the rest of us aren't really interested at this point in being part of the governing body. We just want somebody else. I mean, I can't, I can't help but think of like uh, Avengers, right? When Loki shows up 
And he's like, it, you're, you want somebody to tell you what to do. And I feel like to some extent in the U.S., like that's where we kind of are. It's like we don't want to be responsible for this. We want somebody else to figure it out. We just want, but that's the, we just want to watch our TV and play on our iPhones and record our podcasts, and that's it. That's a, that's a human condition, right? It, it hasn't changed throughout history. No. If you if you look at um, so when for example, right? This is um, Bible nerd Andre talking now. Um, if you the, when the Jews left Egypt, they weren't too heavy king, period. Right, mm-hmm. but they fought so much. Then you have judges, where they actually help people decide um, and come to, come to resolutions about things. Right. Um, and then eventually, they're like, "No, that's just not working anymore. We want somebody to tell us what to do." So I think even that when I heard that line from Loki, like I was like, "Yeah, that's I know where that comes yeah. from." There's there's it, it's the human condition. We we want to like, you know abdicate some t- some level of responsibility for those big decisions we we want to be removed from it as much as possible um well and it's the same thing with not even like necessarily big decisions but big problems right homelessness yeah. climate change like all of these things that we are facing on a regular basis and yet we get mad at corporations and our government for not doing more when at the end of the day who makes up the corporations and the government but people like we the people. Yeah, right? these aren't that's, some that's faceless, contrad- you know, entity that has no individual person behind it. I mean, we just got done watching Jeff Bezos send himself into, you know, shallow orbit. Technically, not an astronaut. Did you see that? I think that was. I think that was the most garbage, dick on the table move by the FAA. It really was. <laughs> I mean, I had to laugh. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but I do think that to some degree they're kind of like, okay. No, that's what they said. They said we are not. That was a. That was a smug play. I think it was. It's very. Um, I think the FAA and I think the government in general mm-hmm. has an axe to grind with like private companies well, yeah. that are doing this, and yet. And- they don't bother trying to collect the collect the freaking taxes that these companies right. or closing the loopholes that they write for them on a regular basis. So instead, we declare them not astronauts. Thanks. That's really helping the rest of us. We're going to yeah, fix you know homelessness with them not being astronauts. <laughs> yeah, you know the, you know what they'll do? They will they will actually they'll say okay. Yeah. And they will meet that challenge. Yes. The, the DNA of the people that are doing these things, and I'm not, right. this is, it's not like the, the what, well, I hate to use the word, but the sheep that everybody else is. They're like, okay, fine. Like, you're going to change the rules? I'll adjust. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was the smuggest, pettiest, yeah, it was. dick on the table move by the FAA. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I could not, like, that's where you're spending your effort on? I get it, but I yeah, but I don't. I don't. We're worried it, about you know? whether or not a rich billionaire can call himself an astronaut, but we're still going to operate all of our air traffic control systems off of MS DOS. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what if Bill Gates went to space? Yeah. Right? 
Well, th- then like, they'd have to run it off of Windows, and it right. would probably crash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I think there's a level of irony and, and arrogance in like why they made that play. I just, I'm like, that's a bad call. You're not wrong. I mean, it's, He's... it's a, it is a dick on the table move. Like that's exactly what it is. It's a, yeah. we don't like the fact that you're going around calling yourself an astronaut because. We don't think that you're an astronaut. And because we're the ones who can define what an astronaut is, we're going to change the definition. So you can't call yourself an astronaut anymore. And I don't know. Like, I'm, I am kind of, I guess, torn to some degree. Torn's not even the right word. I don't know that watching billionaires launch themselves into shallow orbit or even into space deeper than that. I don't think leaving planet Earth is necessarily the right answer, you know? I've heard so many uh, comedians and typically, and I, I, I'm not going to, I will never use the term people of color because I just think it's kind of, uh, it minimizes everybody's struggle. <laughs> I've heard so many black comedians say, white people know something we don't know. <laughs> they're like trying to leave us here for some, and I think they're probably not wrong, right? I mean, um, it could but I also be. Understand, well, I think, but there's also a. Uh, I think uh, it's a money grab. It's a, it's a property oh, it's grab, right? Mar- like, I mean, if I can get yeah. to space, if I can be the first one to Mars, I'm claiming the entire planet of Mars as my property, my private personal property, and then I'll go to war with the government over it later to figure out whether or not, and they'll give me half of Mars, right? Or I'll give them a base here, and so now I'm raking in money. I mean, that's where I kind of figure they're they're doing right. Like it's there. There's the, there, but that's also that plays to the uh, dystopian science, you know, sci-fi. Like, sure, which genre, we're super like bit. into, right? We're 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 borderline. We want right the there. Tomorrow War, which was an I, I, awful, awful movie. Yeah. By the way, we got to <laughs> we got to do some pop I, culture today because I did not watch that. Good, thing, but, don't uh, don't bother. Serious. And this is a dude that really likes Chris Pratt in general. Like I've been a, a pretty big Chris Pratt fan, and that let's get into it. He got the bumper. Let's 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 talk let's do about it. it. <laughs> so, like, ladies and gentlemen, Chris gets a haircut, and now he's like, I'm going to start dancing and stuff. Start dancing? Like, I've been dancing, and thank you for noticing. You've been, ha- you've been having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> it's white people dancing. It's all the same. You've been having, like, controlled seizures. Um, yeah, so t- tell me about the tomorrow. Okay, like I, okay so real, real yeah. talk. I was in New York. My cousins were like, my, um, my young, one of my younger cousins was like, yo, that movie's lit. He watched, I get on the elevator, the, the freaking supers are like, um, they're like, yo, you got to watch that. They're like, they're like going back and forth about it. So everybody in New York has watched this movie because, and this is like man on the street type of talk. They're like, yo, that joint is dope, blah, blah, blah. And so we go to my aunt's house, her apartment on the 29th floor. Can you, can you imagine living on the 29th floor of anything? It's dope. Uh, it's a beautiful, uh, a gorgeous view. So my cousin, like, he starts the movie, but you can't really watch the movie. So I kind yeah. of, like, I was checking in and out. And it didn't look bad. So okay. that's my initial yeah. take. Your okay. take. Visually, a pretty cool movie, right? All right. Let me yeah. pause. I, now I got to Don't watch that joint in 4K. Don't? Because it looks 
I I was watching it in 4K and and my wife was like, it looks like they're just recording. Like, yeah, babe, that's how 4K. She doesn't like 4K. Yeah, she's like not. But anyway, well, and a lot right. of the movie stuff just does not. The cinematic stuff doesn't look so as good in 4K. It looks more yeah. handy cam, you know, which is weird. Yeah. But yeah, I remember back in the day, right? Like if you would, um, there were certain certain movies and stuff like that where you're watching it in the 4K or in, or in other like high definition stuff, and it just looks super weird. Um, yeah. But so visually, I thought it was pretty cool. Like they they came up with an interesting alien kind of enemy right um i i think several things one like the whole start of the movie you i never cared about chris pratt's character like you never gave me a reason to really care about him like he had a family and that was pretty much it it was like he's got a family okay and he was i think like in the military right at some point before and now yeah. he's trying he to go into private be a sector well he is a teacher but he's he's like trying to get a job and all this stuff so anyways then they they you know they're watching tv there's a football game and in the middle of the field all, like there's this weird energy pulse and then these people walk through, right? And they're basically like, we're from the future. and We need everybody that's going to die by the time the war starts to come fight for us because we're getting our asses kicked. So then it turns out that Chris Pratt's supposed to die before like seven years, you know, because that's when this right. war is supposedly starting. Okay. So many things that it, just like that right there. Right. Okay. Was confusing. It was confusing. Well, it's not even that me. it's confusing. It's that it doesn't make any sense. You're saying you can only send people who don't exist in the future there, right? If that yes. person dies in the future, now they don't come back and live those next six to seven years, however long. So now the future is changed. Yes. Right. And this is, I mean, their whole, their whole way that they kind of handled the time travel was they explained it that it's like they had these two towers, right? One that they built in right. the current time and one in the future. And that they were like rafts on a river, right? Rafts floating down the river at the same speed. So they're always basically the same distance apart and you can jump from one to the other, but you can't like the rafts don't go back up the river. Okay. I get it. The point is you can't just jump back in time before the aliens got there and kill them that way. Right. Or whatever it is. But then there's this whole thing where it's like they don't know when the aliens got there. They have no idea who they are, where they landed, how any of this stuff happened. And supposedly, the way that they figure this out is because one of the aliens had some sort of soil underneath its nail. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, because this one guy goes around collecting the the like claws as a trophy. Okay, cool. And then somebody gets the idea, oh, we should see if there's any information on this clause to where they can, because nobody in the future <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> so then it's like the he it's a uh, volcanic ash from Mount Vesuvius or something or some like or not Mount Vesuvius, but some um, volcano in Asia somewhere or Russia. And they're like, well, how on earth, you know, would this thing get dirt? And he's like, well. You know, it, of course, there's like some kid who's like a volcano. He's not even an expert. Like, I, I just, I'm super into volcanoes, so therefore I know everything about volcanoes at like 
12 years old. So it's, you know, well, this one volcanic explosion was like the biggest one ever, you know, and the ash cloud went this far. But the ash cloud covered like a massive area. And then they pinpoint like this one spot in Russia or something like that. that <laughs> and it basically turns out, I mean, so spoiler alert, like I probably should have thrown that out earlier. But y'all know, like I'm just going to no. ruin this fucking movie. Because it's <laughs> terrible. You don't need to watch it. Just listen to my description of it. We should put it as a disclaimer. <laughs> <Well. laughs> <laughs> but so, it, like, it turns out that, that basically, it, again, no idea how this happened, but the the alien ship crash landed on Earth like thousands and thousands of years ago, before mankind was ever around, right? And then got covered up by the Ice Age, and somehow that managed to preserve all of these weird alien things, which weren't the aliens that built the spaceship that crashed there. We never find out who those people were because they didn't fucking matter, right? That's even worse. <laughs> like, they go into the spaceship, and there's this weird, like, crocodile lizard-looking thing, and they're like, that's not the alien. They're like, I wonder if they use these other ones as a weapon or maybe as a planet-clearing tool. And it's like, okay. But then, like, how do they control them? What do they do with them afterwards? Nothing. Doesn't matter. Never going to be answered, so don't bother asking any questions. <laughs> you know what I didn't like? So one of the points I did check in when uh, when the chick is his daughter... Yeah. That's when I like mentally said, "I'm gonna get another beer." Yeah, um, because that that was not. That's, that's probably the biggest issue that I had with the whole movie, and I haven't even gotten there yet. Like, this is how upset I am about everything else in this movie. Before I dive into that, though, I will have to say the other thing that really bugged me about the aliens themselves was that they shoot bone spears. Yeah, I didn't really get that. Do they just have an infinite supply of bone spheres? Does their body produce bone spheres? Like, we never get answers to this stuff. You can't just throw these things out there and not provide some insight into it. It's not that you can't – nobody just logics that out. And it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You got to – I mean, I throw bones all the time, right? <laughs> Maybe they're like teeth. Maybe they grow a new set of bones every – like no five minutes yeah that's so dumb just because somebody I, thought I, it looked cool right like that's and that's oh the next one we're gonna talk about <laughs> okay i i tell you what because i also I watched army I, of dead or army of the dead oh i didn't i didn't watch that it was I worse than the tomorrow it. war <laughs> I don't know what it was with, like, my selection of movies recently, but it was so bad. Okay, so we will dive into the, the stuff with the, his daughter, though. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, he... Okay. When Chris Pratt first jumps, right, forward in time. Okay, so all of a sudden, they're like, they, they're supposed to have another day or two before they're doing this jump. And then they're like, oh, crap, we got to go now. No explanation as to why. No. Ex but they're from they're the from future. The, yeah, okay. Which is stupid. Um. So they go, and instead of landing at the spot where the big time travel tower is for some reason again never explained they fall from the sky they tell them like you may be five to ten feet off the ground when you land they're hundreds <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of feet chris pratt falling literally lands Within six inches of the edge of a concrete pool. He lands inside the pool and then has another person fall directly on top of him and is fine. And lives. 
You know what I got to stop doing? I got to stop watching Cinema Sins. But that's because not the problem. Watch- this is so bad. <laughs> that is lazy. That's that's. We think it'll be really cool to have you think that these people are jumping forward to a you know a designated place where everything's going to be generally okay, and instead they're falling from the sky and just splatting on the ground. <laughs> But the main character that we want to survive happens to land six inches inside of a pool. When the whole time you're looking at it like he's hitting the concrete and then at the last second like he shifts, you know. But you're like 45 minutes into the movie so you know that's not happening. So I, when I mentally check back into the movie, I'm like, that's his daughter? And I'm like, I, I, I got to get a beer. But then I will say this. Jeremy and team at CinemaSins, you guys are ruining me. I was literally watching a movie and... In my head, I was going, 45 seconds of, of intro logos. Yeah. <laughs> Narration. And it's it's just, all right, I love that channel on YouTube. Me too. And I've been watching I a freaking, whole bunch of it lately. Fell asleep to it the other it's, night. It's amazing. I, I, but I watched I uh, woke up. My phone, like I fell asleep because I was watching it on my phone, and my phone fell onto the floor. While it was still playing, YouTube was just rolling through it because I was on their channel. And I woke up and I'm like, where is that sound from? And then like, I finally looked down and yeah, it's the fucking bing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> My wife hates it. But um, I watched uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, Christy watched that. She really liked it. Yo, it was dope. Okay. And it wasn't, it didn't give me like, um, you, you kind of knew where the movie was going yeah. because... They didn't do anything stupid. What else did I watch? I watched um, Gunpowder Milkshake and um, The America Story. The uh, the guys that created, um, gosh, I can't remember now. It was an animated movie. Uh, Channing Tatum, was he played George Washington. It was dope. It was just like a funny, stupid movie. Uh, Killer Mike played... Uh, uh, John Henry. It was actually funny to okay. watch. I was like, "All right, so let's forget the fact that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln like they didn't they weren't best friends and one, but it was just fun to watch." Yeah. Um, we watched. Now we, I think we talked about it just a little bit at the very end of the episode last week, but we both watched Black Widow the week before. God, great movie. It was, really but good. again, I'm going to say I'm going to say to CinemaSins. I love you guys, but you guys have you ruined me watching movies uh, because I literally I watch movies and I'm like writing a script for. Like but a, that's like cinema. I scene. just I don't know. I do think it's not. I I don't know that anything's necessarily different. I do think that there is something to be said for the quantity of content that is being produced from the streaming services right now. Like I kind of yes. get the feeling that it's just we'll produce everything. Somebody's gonna watch it. And it, we like, we only have to make a certain amount of money off of this. Basically, we only have to get a certain number of eyeballs that they feel are essentially baked in. So that was like Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder, right? God. Yeah. So I went into it with high hopes, thinking I really enjoyed the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Like it was dark, it was cool, it seemed like just. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go do this. I, I'm. I know that Batista's not a great like. I don't. I don't like. Oh, he's him. he's like, terrible as like an him. actor. I don't like him as an actor. Yeah. that's that's why I didn't watch him. Um, he has no 
emotions whatsoever. Like that's why he's so good at Drax yeah. because Drax is just a yeah. is a completely emotionless character. Like that's how he plays every single character that he's in. At one point in the movie, I think he was trying to kind of cry or seem sad about something, and he just kind of squinted his eyes. Um, but <laughs> so CinemaSins has not done everything wrong with Army of the Dead yet. Which I am really disappointed about. I've had to watch other people point out what they feel is wrong with it, but it doesn't have the whole Cinema Sins like feel and vibe to it. So it's not the same. But there are I mean, I don't think that there is anything valuable in that movie. The whole th- So but to be fair, yeah. right? Like I don't there's some movies where I'm like I'm watching this for entertainment. That's not entertainment, though. That's my problem. This is not entertaining. Okay. Like, it, it doesn't... None of the characters are driven by any motivation. There's nothing... There's there's nothing that to connect you to any of them. They are a bunch of hollow, shallow people who, when presented with... I mean, it's just... So can you write a... Can you write a movie... For entertainment, like so, I would say um, Gunpowder Milkshake would be a good yeah. example, right? I literally was just like, "Oh, it's one of those." Sure, it's a movie where I'm just gonna enjoy the ride and not expect too yeah. much. But there's still a movie. base level character motivation driving what's happening, right? No, because gun, like Gunpowder Milkshake, like the when uh, when. But part of not, part not of her too- deal was that she wanted to get back at the guy that had hired the other guys to kill her. Well, so here's like for me where it's like logic always slips in and, and can ruin a movie for me. I'm like, yeah, but why did she shoot dude? Like she really shot the dude that she later on protects his daughter for. Right. right? She killed dude. Yeah. I'm like, but there was no reason. Like logically there's no reason for her. And I'm not her. saying that gunpowder milkshake is a perfect movie. Right. But I'm saying, like, but for you enjoyed value, it. I had to, I had to, like, say, okay, this is not that type of, like, I don't have to look for the the pure motivation sure. of why she does what. It's, it's a plot. The movie, issue that I right? run into is where the things that characters say and the things that they do are don't like it. Just doesn't make any sense. So, for example, in Army of the Dead, um, basically the the plot is that they're you know Vegas is overrun by zombies somehow it's only vegas only vegas the the army the army can't defeat the zombies they get overrun by them but they can stop them from escaping las vegas okay then some casino owner wants to send a team of mercenaries in to go take 400 million dollars out of his safe of his vault right because the insurance company wouldn't cover that right Makes no sense. I'm exactly. Done. So then they go in, right? And they, what is it? Batista's like the leader, right? Not even before they go in. He's like, you need to put together a crew. Okay. So he goes and hires these people. Every single one of them is like, you're going to Vegas. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, there's lots of zombies there, right? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, all right, cool. I'm in. Like, that's that's it. There's no, they don't have, he doesn't have to convince them. They're just like, yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I got nothing to live for. I might as well go die or get some money. Um then they go in. Everything yeah. is basically just done to get from A to B, but it doesn't really make any sense. Everything else is just done because Zack Snyder thought it would look cool. 
Like he basically had a checklist of things I want in this movie. So I want, uh, it was great. One of the, the everything wrong with, for, you know, the not everything wrong with the not cinema sins version of it that I watched was basically like, <laughs> it's, it's as if Zack Snyder said, what if Batman was a zombie? And literally at one point, the zombie has a mask that covers to here and has the eyes cut out. It doesn't have ears, but it's basically a Batman cowl without the ears. Um, and yet, whenever any main characters come in contact with him, they immediately shoot directly at his mask. Huh. And not any, I mean, because you got to shoot for the head. Okay, his jaw is right there. Like, you could shoot that. You know, the back of his head is wide open, but no, like, this zombie is now undefeatable because he put a piece of metal over his forehead. Speaking of Batman, or the, the Batman <laughs> coming out in 2022, like, I, I really want to watch that. Um, my wife wanted to watch, um, for, she's, I love her, but she forgets movies she's watched. And somehow she ended up watching Twilight. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to say this. And come at me if you want. Not really a bad story. Like the the I'm, entire Twilight story. I'm not, not I'm a not bad story. At you. But what I didn't appreciate because Robert Pattinson is going to be a Batman. Yeah. Well, no, he's is, going to be the wife. Batman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> is my wife like in my face crushing on him? I'm like, yo, you're ruining Batman before that joint even comes out. Um, and if I haven't said this before, I'm super insecure. She ruined Supernatural for me. I stopped watching Supernatural because my wa my wife was uh, crushing on uh, the, on Dean Jensen Eccles. I mean, like, he's a handsome man. There's this. nothing wrong. Uh, it's not well, the point. I understand. But... That, that is that is never you the give point. Me one the second, point is, I don't have a bottle opener, and I have a beer that I can't open without a <laughs> bottle. So just one second. I'm sorry. Chris, open your beer. Chris, open your beer. You're doing your best Chris impression. Yeah, I was like, so I'm like. So I watched, every, like, last weekend, I watched every Twilight. And it's actually, and, and I'll be honest, like, I'll be super honest. Young adult fiction is actually not that no, bad. There's, there's some well-written stories. Yes. Like uh, Bone and Shadow, if you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it. It's a very good story. I just like making fun of the um, fact that the vampire sparkled in the daylight. That was, that was the dumbest thing yeah. ever. But... It makes sense. Well, yeah, um, I, I get it. You know, it's you can't just recycle everything that everybody does, right? When it comes to the vampires right. and stuff like that, and you want to come up with something different, it is young adult. I I don't have any problem with the Twilight series. I was not a huge uh, what's her face fan. Kristen, yeah, uh, but there are things that I've seen her in since then. American Ultra is one of those. I actually watched that recently. I was going to say I literally watched that this yeah. weekend. That movie is. It Dope, is good. Like, that was, it is good. I was, 
Yo, that is a dope movie. And See, I think and that that's an... one. That's one where it's like, this is fun, right? This is fun entertainment. Yeah. It's not it's not meant to be. Yeah, government program, conspiracy, crazy kill robot guys, and one dude, right? Protecting right. himself. Like, all right, cool. This is fun. Like, I can get into this. Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Yo, my, my dude said, I don't know. He was like on the pillar. He goes, I killed him with a spoon. Yeah. I was like, no. I, I stabbed him <laughs> in the neck with the spoon and he just exploded. <laughs> His lungs explode. He's like, I was like, she goes, his lungs aren't his in his lungs neck. Aren't in his <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't breathe, though. <laughs> that was the dopest thing I watched this week. Like, Sunday was kind of like a, uh, it was a reset day for me. And I I was like, yeah, that looks kind of dope. I'm going to watch it. And I really enjoyed the whole movie. It was great. Um, it, but, but, that's, but that's my point. Like, I think for any directors out there, viewers can accept entertainment yes. value like we can i can totally watch a movie and be like oh i'm gonna i'm totally gonna suspend belief for the sake of this yeah. movie uh <clears throat> but don't like for, for for me the tomorrow war like i i really i'm gonna watch it because like i should yeah. right i want to kind of like wrap i take that, that back up. i don't I, I don't say yeah you should watch it i don't know that you should but i'm i'm happy to let you watch it if that's what you mm-hmm. think you should do I just want to see how it plays out because, like, for me mentally, I checked out and I'm like, "Yeah, that's his daughter, Pharrell. Come on, that's that's a." I don't even think I really got to talk about that that much, but yeah, like that was one of the biggest issues that I had with it because when he gets there, he survives like that initial landing, and then some, you know, gets on the radio with the army, who it later turns out is his daughter, but at no point does she tell him at first that she's his daughter even though she supposedly knows she later says that's why i brought you here so she specifically right, that, chose i him. saw that part what he that's not a thing like you it's not like you can say well my dad died a couple years ago and he'd be the perfect person to come <laughs> you know he'll survive and be able to get here and then he's the only one who can go back with you know the thing to stop these aliens what what? Why? Why is he the only one? Right? Why couldn't anybody else have taken that back? Right. There is nothing, nothing that required that relationship to, to exist, except that they used it to create friction between the two of them because she was mad that he left their mom in the previous life that he hadn't even lived yet. Like three years yeah. later. That that's where it's like, what? And so she's like, I so, don't want. I'm not here to be close to you. Yet I chose you to come here specifically because you're my dad, and you're the only person that can so- save it. Like I just, those are the things where it's like that's not a suspension <laughs> of belief. That is that is asking me to ignore the like, the logic, logic. that you ha- yourself have established in this movie. Like you cannot, right. as a director or, or a screenplay writer contradict your own logic that you've set up like and that was the other issue with army of the dead was it's like they had all of these you know it was vegas is overrun by zombies until these guys go in and then it's like oh these are all the shamblers the the basic zombies and they all died because they stood out in the sun for too long and then when it rains they all come back to life for a few minutes did we get to see that no it would have been the coolest freaking thing in the whole movie, though, if they're trying to get out of it at the last second. It's raining, and they're like, oh, God, like, that would have been freaking payoff. No, instead, we get Zack Snyder's zombie tiger. 
and a princess zombie queen of the damned or whatever she is who gets her head cut off and even though she's a zombie and her head is cut off her head continues to be alive and then literally that never pays off like the whole thing is that this guy went in he's like basically part of the security team for the casino owner who goes with the team and everybody's like we can't trust you we can't trust you because obviously you can't he screws over everybody multiple times, and everybody's like, you must be the one who did it. And he's like, it wasn't me. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, we still don't trust you. Um, so he goes off, steals this head, pisses off the main zombie. Hit the whole plan is that they don't even want the money. They were never there for the money. They got the money. They're getting ready to leave, and he locks the rest of them in the vault. It's like, ha, 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 this was all about this stupid head that I could have come in by myself and gotten without any you of you. My, uh... Or left immediately after I got it, and to, instead of coming back here... To finish, I mean, I mean, these are the things where I'm just like, you can't, you cannot expect me to look at that and go, no, I get it. You, you wanted a head in a bag. Like, that's what it was. You wanted a head in a bag. Oh, and she was pregnant at the time. The zombie was pregnant. Zombie? So the dude takes her headless body, the zombie does, back to the pool at whatever hotel that they're staying at. Because, and delivers the Yeah, baby. and pulls the baby out of her. I think the baby's dead, the- but yeah, it's like. She's got this weird... You couldn't even tell. That was the whole thing. Like She's just sitting there, and he's like... Because he's a zombie, and all he does is scream. Yeah, so don't watch those movies. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say this. Hats off to Black Widow. I thought it was a a brilliant movie. Like, I... um... I really enjoyed it. I I did not go in with very high expectations for that one. I actually, I, I kind of did. Like I, I was like, you got to pay off. Like all they had to do in that movie for me to make it passable was to establish a backstory for Black Widow. Everything else was just like icing on the cake for me. I didn't like the. um, I wasn't upset with the Taskmaster. I just didn't really care about that part of the story. Like. For me, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's we're doing that. But it, it was good to kind of see, like, now you're gonna have to because Mar- I'm I am not the comic uh, aficionado that you are, and so Taskmaster right. is not a character that I'm familiar with, and I don't. First of all, Taskmaster is a dude. Okay, and, and this one, it's like, a, it's his can... daughter, right? Basically, okay. Yeah, that's what I that's what I that's what I figured yeah. it was, but I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, I was just kind of like, all right, I, I can see why you did that. It kind of fits with the story. And I, I've, like I said before, I've learned to separate the the Marvel comic universe right. with the Marvel cinematic. Yeah, you um, separate the MCU from the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Like, and it's not even lowering my, I, I used to think I was lowering my expectations. No, right? but, but it was kind it's of like, it's a different no, story. You're just ex- right? Yeah. Or a different and take for on me, the same story. Yeah, and I, I, I've just learned to appreciate the story. I, I've learned to, um, like, just see those characters in real life, right? Um, I'm even okay with, like, I, like, I love Scarlett Johansson, but I'm okay with her being dead as Black Widow because I think that um, the way they transitioned that character was actually pretty brilliant. Um, so I'm not mad. I'm not like, oh, but no. But when you think about it logically and realistically, those actors and actresses will age yes. out. Like the intent is to to share those stories. And I, I don't want to say like to make money because all yes, that's part of it. But it's like 
how do you share the story if Scarlett Johansson's now like, you know, 62, right? right? Well, and I, I, again, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit last week um, when we were talking about Loki, but right. at some point you really start to undercut every death that happens because you're just setting everybody up to basically be like, okay, well, they're, yeah, they're going to bring them back at some point, right? Like. Yeah, we didn't right. mean that. There's yeah. some way that they'll undo this and they'll come back. And that's basically what everybody has been waiting for with Black Widow. And they're trying to find excuses for things that were in the movie or other stuff that, you know, right. would point to her being able to come back. I had seen something. I can't remember if we talked about it last week or not, but that they had shot a separate ending for it. So when her sister Yelena yeah. is in the graveyard and she whistles, it's supposedly they shot one where somebody whistles back. And you don't know if it's Natalie or somebody else, but um... the the issue, like the, I think, the issue that people need to like understand is that, um, or or the, more so, the fact is the 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 beauty of Marvel movies, right? It's it's not like it's where DC struggles. You can actually you you grow a connection to the characters, mm -hmm. right? Like Batman, they keep, they churn and, pardon me, they recycle Batman movies because they know that people love Batman. Right. And every iteration, we, we get closer and closer to the character. Like, I still believe that Ben Affleck was a, a great Batman. Um, if they ever, like, what do you do when Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is like, yeah, I'm good. Like, yeah. Uh, although I doubt he'll ever say like I'm going to stop playing Deadpool, but like um, there will come a time where physically he's not able to do that anymore, right? Like so, yeah. at some point you yeah. do have to phase that out, and you know whether you recast and do the the DC thing, right, where we just kind of reset with a new Batman every so often, right? Um, or you take maybe more of the Marvel route and try to come up with some, you know, somebody that takes on the mantle, right? That I think you see a right. little bit more in that sometimes. And so um, it's, yeah, it's interesting because obviously in the comics, like they have deaths and they bring characters back and they have the different, um, the multiverse, right? Which I know is now like in the Marvel is creating all sorts of like, <laughs> gosh, I... it's like the whole, you know, the when... T, the TVA uh, is, is, yeah. There's theories that that is in um exists in the what is it the um like the microverse or whatever it is that when Scott Lang, you know, because time flows differently here at the TVA and that's what they say time flows differently in the microverse and I don't I don't necessarily like and I've always said like uh the Avengers were never like my go-to yeah. comic, right? I I I never connected with the team, but I connected with the characters. Um and I think that like the beauty of what Marvel's done with like getting people to see um, RBJ as like Tony Stark. I mean, brilliantly cast yeah. Scarlett Johansson as uh, the Black Widow. Brilliantly cast. Like when I when I see Scarlett Johansson, I always think, "Oh, that's Black Widow." Yeah, and it's they've just done a really good job of making those characters be the actor or the actress like in that role. Um, and if they can continue with the you know uh, navigating the storylines to make it where the transition makes sense, you just you keep those you keep that mythos alive, and I think that's what people like. For me, I I've, I've had to learn like, you know, for example, I I was reminded because of uh, 
CinemaSin, so hats off to that team, that um, Papa Doc is freaking the, is like Captain America. I was like, yo, that dude is Papa Doc. I, I forgot. I literally, in 8 Mile. Yeah, so 8 Mile, right? Sam Wilson was Papa Doc. I did not know that. I forgot that. Like, I literally never, like, even in the movie, I was like, yeah, that guy doesn't look like he's from, like, the hood, first of all, right? <laughs> but I never, like, I just, I, I just kind of, like, that was 8 Mile, right? So I, I put that in my mind as, like, yeah, that's a dope movie. I never associated that actor to, like, yo, that, and I was like, yo, that is Pop and Doc. <laughs> like, and I, <laughs> And I've seen Eight Mile like a hundred million times. So I don't times. want you like, to like be oh. really upset when I say this next thing, but I've never seen Eight Mile. Oh God, you're a communist. I'm not a communist. Are you, just, are you no. kidding me? You got to watch that. Okay. It's a great. It's a I, great. I, it's not that movie. I don't. It's not that I felt like it wasn't a good movie. I just it wasn't. Yo, Anthony Anthony Mackie's a good. He's a good actor. But he's so good, like, for me. Like, I didn't think about right. the fact that he actually probably... Maybe it was his big break. I don't know. I, I don't follow his career like that. But he played Papa Doc in 8 Mile, right? Um, and even even more so, I didn't like him in Altered Carbon. I, I haven't watched that one yet. I've heard that it was really good. Oh, but... The second season, not really a big fan. Um and it wasn't him. It was just like the story was kind of off. It was like, eh, no, I, I can't do that. Um, but I, I do think Anthony Mackie's a, he's a great actor. Like I, I really enjoy most of the things I've yeah. seen him in. Um, I just forgot he was Papa Doc in uh, Eight Mile. I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> but, <"Nigga." laughs> but you're absolutely right in that. I think Marvel, you know, whether it's through the contracts that they wrote or the the you know just the casting itself, right? Like they, right. I think part of it is that they spent a lot of time early on figuring out how to get it right. You know, like we need people that are committed to this, that we feel just really even outside of their acting abilities kind of embody this. I mean, Chris Evans as captain America, right. like, you know, Brilliant. again, somebody from, you know, like not another teen movie, right? Like these right. random roles that he had been in before, but then also being, you know, what Johnny flame from fantastic Johnny, Johnny storm. storm. And then it's just like, no, he's Captain America. Like, I don't even think of him as Johnny Storm. He's just Captain America. Like, and I've watched that movie like twice in the in the last like three months. And I'm like, it's so god awful. <laughs> Why do you keep watching it? <laughs> because it goes back to my initial like thought. It's like I I want to see these characters like in live action. I mean, like, I guess, for... but I just like I won't subject myself to bad movies just to just for that not more than once i i, I, I go back to the story did, did you right? like the like, second me, the more recent uh fantastic four that they did no it was awful with it was michael awful. b jordan no did not like it It was weird i i remember like i started watching it not knowing what it was um and then figured it out like halfway through it <laughs> so my issue with that is like and this is well it sounds bad some characters are just white. Like the human torch is a white yeah. guy. Like, I'm sorry. You can't. And I get the diversity like movement, but it doesn't make sense. It, it makes the story fall apart. And I, I just, I, it doesn't mean that you can't have like good heroes like blade or 
like if he's black in the comics, like I, I never until recently got okay with the whole Nick Fury thing. Okay. Like Nick Fury's a white guy who smokes a cigar. He's got an eye patch and he's not Sam Jackson. And I love Sam yeah. Jackson. Like, but it's kind of like, but why? Why Why do we make that change? It's like making Storm a Well, yeah, I think it was like the Sam Jackson bit, I think, was in large part because they just wanted Sam Jackson. You know, it was like, that'd That's be fair. cool if we got Sam Jackson, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you make a good point, like taking Storm and making her white. You don't, you don't, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you don't see that as often, right? Especially now where you take a, a you know, black character from a comic or a story or something like that and turn them into a white, but you white. do see it the other way around. I think you're right. Part of it is this push for diversity, but I do wonder, like, is there, is an element of it that they, not they, but that people feel like there aren't as many black heroes, black characters that are heroes to play. And so it's like, we, that's a fair, that's, that's a fair question. And I, I don't have the answer yeah. to that, but I, I do think that, um, I actually do have an answer. Um, cause like you brought up humanity, blade, but like that's, that's one. Right. And I'm, but the humanity of Charles Xavier, mm-hmm. right? Like it supersedes his ethnicity. In sure. My opinion. Right. So you feel like it's, I, it may I, be more character driven or character, right. um, dependent in terms of whether yes. or not it's a role that could be played by either or. Okay. Right. I, I think that you have to look at the fact that you know what what's what's the humanity of like Charles Xavier. So right? then I guess and, in that case, where's the difference between say Charles Xavier or Nick Fury? Right. Like do you... Nick Fury was he was he's an asshole. Like seriously, he's like he's the establishment at some level. But so you feel like and making through... Sam Jackson the establishment, or you just feel like is a bad it's player. not that's not what they've done on. In the MCU, I I think Sam Jackson makes a role. Uh, he's he's able to trans he's he's able to transcend the, the he's issues. He's basically right? Shaft with an eye patch, right? That's yeah. that's exactly who Nick Fury is at this point. Like it's like he did the Shaft movie. We're like, wouldn't that be cool if we had Shaft as Nick Fury? <laughs> but my point my point being is like I think like the the character like the character right. So for example. Uh, the, the the delineation for the Romans and the Greeks for Zeus, right? Where the the, the Romans called him um, Jupiter, the Greeks called him mm-hmm. Zeus. Same character traits. It, it was just a matter of like the the little intricate details about like the flaws in that person. Sure. Um, and if you read. Uh, Roman mythology, you'll see like you'll they're very glaring, right? Even with, uh, for example, Odin, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I could be off on this, but I, I feel I'm pretty good. Uh, the Swiss for, for people from uh, Sweden, uh, they all had the same like the 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 mythos was the same, with exceptions, and and they kind of like made like intricate like changes. Mm-hmm. But it was the same character. So I, I think that for me, it's like, no, the, the character is the character. And I, I don't think ethnicity is um, 
it's not the definition of the character. But in, in the case opinion. of like so, Johnny Storm, you felt like Johnny Storm's a white dude. He's a so white. So why dude, is that? Right? Like, like what is it about Johnny? Because again, I'm not super familiar with Fantastic Four, so I don't know why it is that Johnny Storm like doesn't make sense as a black guy. Because, um, his sister's a white girl. <laughs> let's let's start there and it doesn't it didn't make sense the adoption right like that part or foster foster child whatever they however they try to spin Uh i'm like i i michael b jordan's a great actor yeah i know that your problem's not with him i understand that i'm just i'm trying to understand it confuses the story because you're watching the story going but but if he had a black sister would it have been better would it have been different if he hadn't been adopted, but why would you? Here, here's like a that's good a, case that's all point. I'm trying um, to understand, right? If that... Iris, um, Iris West, uh, the Flash's wife. I think right? I just put it all together. They've tra- Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> they transitioned her in the comics also from being Caucasian to being mm-hmm. black, right? It doesn't interfere with right. the story. The love story between her and her husband is yeah. it is what it is. It doesn't have to be like, oh, but we have to like add this extra ingredient to. See, I forgot that Uh, Sue Storm is also a member of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic, and so that them being brother sister is key. But then I still just feel like, like if they were both black and came from a black family, like is there is there anything else in their backstory or character that like if you weren't no that doesn't yeah that yeah if okay. they were both if they were both black like and i love uh what's her name anna kendrick i think she played she may uh, have yeah sister and she's a bro yeah i love anna kendrick um so yeah i think it's okay i get i get what you're saying um i think for me like you know like i always think of what was it uh Here's a good question. Does um, Mandela, as a white person, change the movement that Mandela had? I don't know. Right. But, oh, okay, the parallel will be um, uh, Gandhi. Sure. Right? So Gandhi's whole, like, his history of being uh, born of an upper, upper caste to saying like i know i need to be for the right. people if he had come like, from nothing would that have had the same impact absolutely not right no and i mean yeah like if right. if um if bruce's parents bruce wayne's parents don't get shot outside the movie theater does he become batman not right right if yeah if he grows up with a loving happy family then chances are he's not worried about going out and fighting crime and at night um yeah the the character like but the, batman f- and his family could have been black Sure, right. but when the character was created, would he would they been as affluent in the same time? No, frame, but right? it depends on when no. you're telling the story, then, right? Sure, but that's but that's the yeah. that's the the, the well, coin. And flip, I think right? to some degree like, with cre- the Fantastic Four stuff and Johnny Storm, I think that that's what they were trying to do, right? Like bring it into the 21st century. Oh yeah, there are families that adopt people, and yeah, they're brother and sister, and they're really close, even though he's adopted and all this stuff. And then it's like. Okay, I get it, but but how do you explain Anna Kendrick? <laughs> like, so that's those. It's like you're making me think about things I don't want to think about while I'm watching right. the movie, right? It's like it doesn't make sure. sense, right? Because the father's black, 
the 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 sister's white and you have Michael B. Jordan, right? He's black. See, and, and I didn't like, realize the father was right. black. <laughs> now it makes no sense. <laughs> so it's like I don't want to think about that while I'm watching the movie. Yeah. Tell me the story. Yeah. Right? And those are things like <laughs> it'd be like if the... you had like you know uh, an Asian mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then like a white kid and a black kid, and it's like no, we're just we yeah. came you know from our Asian parents, you know, Asian mom, Asian dad. I'm white, he's black, no problem. That makes sense. So speaking speaking of that, let's talk about sports. yeah. You got a sports. That's a short one. So that was a short one. Um, Anybody that's giving, uh, the, gosh, I can't remember. Simone Biles? Oh, uh, Naomi Osaka. No. Naomi Osaka. Yo, anybody trying to take her black card? Why? Because she played for Japan? Yeah. Go go and sit on that oh, somewhere else. Oh, man. man. People. People, 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 people. I mean, I'm not going to get in on a, you know, who shouldn't shouldn't have a black you, card. You can't. Yeah, you, not, you, you don't have no. a black card. That's no. your, not, it's not your conversation. No. Well, I'll I'm take some white cards away, though. As... <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer welcome in this establishment. <laughs> but, but my thing is like, yo, she's... My niece, I have a niece that's half Korean and half yeah. black. So for me, that was a personal attack of like, well, you can't define... I have two sons that are, you know, half white and half black. Why does it have to be one, right? Like, why are you black or are you white? Are you Japanese my, or are you black? My daughter yeah. is like half... My daughter is half Peruvian yeah. and black. She is proud of both of her heritages. You can't pull somebody's black card because they're like, yo. See, and it's... Shorty loves her... Shorty loves her mom. I'm laughing only because you, I was watching Black AF today. We oh, yeah? were... No, but just going back and watching the first season okay. again. And the episode where Joy is talking about, like, the kids don't know how to dance and, you know, how, like, as a mixed person, like, your blackness is constantly being questioned, you know? And so it's like dancing is, is instant currency. <laughs> Yo, I don't – I I thought that was the most – for my for my people, for my community, look. Yo, Shorty loves her mom, right? Yeah. Uh, I love my mom. So why why are you going to take that away? Why from her? why should you ever expect somebody to be willing to give that up, right? I mean, it's you know, yeah. she made a decision, Naomi Osaka, to play for Japan, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo. He doesn't play, he lives in the US, right? He plays He's French. Right, he's French, but he plays for Greece. And his what is his uh Oh, he's he's Greek. Gre he's Greek. But his dad I think is Nigerian. Is Nigerian. Yeah. yeah. But he plays for Greece, right? Like, you got to make a choice at some point, and why are it's not even it's a, a choice? Well, right, it's not even it's a, not choice a choice necessarily. It's... But I just I don't know why. Why do we care? Like, why do you care whether or not somebody's like, oh, I'm half Japanese, I'm half black, right? Like, oh, you don't get to call yourself black anymore. Like, I just don't get that. So I, uh, my wife showed me this this thing on Facebook, um, and I don't want to start railing on Facebook, but it, it made a lot of sense, right? So American black people are, well, actually, black people are the only group of African descent that um, have a stiffy for that argument. Okay. So if you're Afro-Cubano or Afro-Peruvian or Afro-whatever, uh, Panama, what, you know, and I can listen a, a dozen countries. They, in in my humble opinion, are more 
respective and 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 and, and care more about their African culture more so than the quote unquote black culture. Okay. American black people, and I I know this. I actually um, I work. I had a lady that worked for me that was uh, she's African, and yo, she hated me. <laughs> like she, I think like you've told me this story before, or told me some stuff about <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, she. Yeah, she hated me, and I was like, "Can you just tell me what your problem is?" And she goes, "You guys always forget about your culture and your history." I'm like, "Let me just tell you this: we don't know." Yeah. Like, if I do a 23 and Me. I probably get like two branches and a slave Thomas ship. Jefferson. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, and then, and they don't even put the light skin twist on it because then we start, oh, yeah. there's a reason I don't go like, I don't like South. I don't, I do not enjoy going to South right. Carolina. Now, granted, we do have a family trip to go to, um, there's actually a, a culture and I, the name passes me now where, uh, it intrigued me because, like, South Carolina was, like, one of the largest slave ports back in the day. Um, and there are families there. So if you're listening and you can educate me on this, please do because I'm super interested. Part of my reason for not looking into my uh, quote-unquote family tree was because of anger. But I do want to know and I, I want to, you know, give give and share that pride with my children of, like, yeah, we don't necessarily know what village we came from or which like part of the west or eastern or western coast of Africa we came from originally, but we should have the same pride as like white people that say, "Oh, I'm Irish American" or "I'm German American." We should have that same pride. So when I heard people trying to say like, "Oh, we're gonna take Naomi's like black card away," I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like. We we struggle trying to like have close families, and this girl loves her mother and loves her you know just like my daughter, loves her mother. She's proud of both like of her heritage. If if my daughter like when she used to compete in karate, if she ever said, "Well, I'm going to represent Peru," I wouldn't be pissed yeah, at that. You wouldn't be like black card revoked. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Give me a macaroni yeah. and cheese, girl. I saw you get the right. corner piece. Like I'm not. I would never do that to my daughter. I'm like, yo, I respect that. Right? Doesn't make her less black. Right. And that's know? just it. Doesn't it, make it, my it, niece. Yeah, like it doesn't uh, uh, taking it away from just being like your daughter. Like that's not something that you would do to anybody. You know, like that's right. not. You know, I am. Fifty percent Dutch, somewhere you, around you, there. White people always do that crap, man. I and then all this other not. stuff, right? <laughs> and yeah, like it is. I mean, I'm. I say that because I can't imagine being in your position and not having that type of knowledge, just for your own, just to know, right? So, like it, it's not right. like it changes me day to day, right? My day to day interactions with me, I don't go. Well, the Dutch part of me feels like I should do this, but like. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's white people are weird about that shit, right? I mean, like white people will walk yeah. up to people we don't know and be like, where are you from? No, like originally, where's your family from? No, like what country right. outside of the United States did some member of your family originate from? Because you ain't white. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't originate here either. Like, why are we <laughs> making such a big deal out of this? And not to mention, I just like, who... Who cares about somebody else's heritage in that way, right? Like, it should but be. I, but for... I, I understand the others. 
I understand the other side of the coin uh, for, right? for your because... own personal benefit. Yes, like I'm, I completely yeah. understand it, and and you know, like I get that. There's, there's not. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And being, I mean, I want to say like, and being proud of that, but you know what I mean. Like it's, but yeah, right. like it's. There was it, a. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was like a a concerted effort when people were brought over from Africa to essentially just get rid of everything. Any of the culture that kind of remained yeah. was like, we're going to just eliminate as much of that as we can because we don't want there to be any sense of like, you're missing something of there's somewhere else for you to go. We just want you to feel like this is it. This is your life. This is this all you is were it. meant to yeah. do. And, and I, I, I understand like the cries for her, acknowledging because there it's a matter of well it's a matter of yeah but you achieve something and you open the door for other people she's not taking that away she's a very smart independent woman um i just think it's kind of a, a shady move like we can't be the i mean we're like and i, I don't want to just like i don't want to exclude white people from this but non-white families typically in cultures are very family oriented they're very community mm -hmm. driven so i understand that that part of the argument but it's not the important part she's giving respect and honor to her mother like we like we of most people should be like yo that's that's right. not a lot um it's no different than uh so speaking of the olympics uh simone biles yeah. i was I will say this, and not to be taken out of context. I think that it, I understand that she was, you know, she was probably mentally under mm -hmm. the gun on the on this run, but I think she also played into sure. that. You know, she's running around with like the the goat on her leotard and the goat on her sandals, and or now they're called technically slides, whatever. Um, I think that what she should have done was try to balance that and not forget who Simone is. And this is yeah. like quarterback, you know, Monday morning quarterback saying like, you know, I feel you, but you kind of played into the hype. Uh, my advice to her was, would always be, don't believe your own press. You are the greatest, like right now, gymnast. And there's like, people can't mess with you on that level. But you don't have to believe your own sure. press. And I saw we rewatched the trials, uh, you know, for the qualification for the U.S. Olympic team, and like she was making mistakes. And I'm not going to say silly mistakes. That's not my that's right. not my sport. But I'm like, you could see, like I could personally, I was watching, like, you know, she's feeling herself, and I, I that doesn't play out well tomorrow, basically. Um, Maybe she should have, um, I think for me, like my opinion, she should have just been like a coach for the team and, and give them some guidance because she had to have known that she wasn't in the right frame of mind to go to the Olympics, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think for someone that's as what I would just assume as competitive as she is, that that's probably really hard for her to admit to herself in the moment, right? That like, I'm not sure. in the right mindset that... Um, and there's probably a lot of pressure from the other people around her and USA Gymnastics and her coach and sponsors and all of that stuff. You know, I think the other interesting thing is you think about most other professional athletes, right? 
um, let's take Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, right, as example. Guy just, like, basically did everything that people have have wanted superstars to do. He won MVP, finals MVP. He's been a defensive player of the year, and now he's won a championship, right? He could come back next year and buy his own press, right, and stink it up. But he's only got one year, right, before he's got to come back, and or he only has to wait, like, a short off season to come back and do it again. But he, he gets a very quick opportunity to learn. And for Simone, I think, I mean, that is four or five years now, right? Between her last major, I mean, the last Olympic performance. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure to some degree, maybe there is an element of, I've got to take advantage of, the sponsorship opportunities while I can. And part of that is buying into this or, or creating this go. I don't know that that was right, but that may have been a mentality that her or somebody in her camp had. I mean, you're right. Like she is, or has been right now, like the greatest gymnast that I think we've ever seen. I mean, you watch her floor routines and stuff like that. Like it's insane. Like I can't watch her. Like I can't count the turns and twists and every like, You'd have right. to slow it down and basically draw a picture for me, to, for me to understand <laughs> and how how people can actually do that. That's no, I'm not a very athletic person. I've never been into gymnast, um, gymnastics, but I don't know. Like I, I think I would imagine if it were me in her shoes, it would be almost impossible for me to sit there and say I'm not in the right mindset. I'm going to step back and be a coach for the team. You know. I think it probably would have behooved her to recognize going into it that I need to make some adjustments to where to how I'm approaching this, right? Um, yeah, but, and that comes that comes with maturity. Right. She's twenty-four. Yeah, that too. Right? I was tw- I, I was twenty-four, and <laughs> I, I was going to in my career. Things I did when I was twenty-four. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I. Um, I'll say this and it comes with, it comes with experience, right? I lost and I threw away more than what I should have because my priorities were the wrong priorities. Um, I've made a concerted effort over the last freaking, what am I? I'd say the last 10 years of my life to not fall into that trap. You're only 34. And I, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to call you I, out on that. But... <laughs> no, I'm saying oh, over I the know. last ten I years, know. I've made a, I've made a concerted effort to to say like I've got to um, make sure my priorities are the right thing because it's the cost. You know, at the sake of what? Yeah. Right. And, and attorneys always <laughs> say, "But for right." Um, I would have been a better father, but if we have to get attorneys Uh, involved in this, the cost is probably pretty high. (laughs) (laughs) As as you and I both know. (laughs) Yeah. The the, the proposition is, is it's not sometimes the best proposition. So I, I look at it as a, you know, people need to surround themselves with people that are going to be honest with them and, and call them out on and say, Hey, you're on the ledge and your ego and pride can uh, it can tri- shipwreck you and i i and i'm not saying like i was predicting simone biles to, to yeah. fail i and i'm not saying that at all i'm saying like i had a sense of the the when we watched the uh the 
we we had to watch the trials again because we were not staying up until whatever time. But um, I was like, she doesn't look steady. And as somebody that's managed teams yeah. and 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 work with people, I'm like, you somebody's got to call that out. Like, are you right. good? And like, mean it. Like, are you good? Because you don't seem good. You saw the cracks in the in and, the wall, and yeah, which is something that you're very good at seeing. You know, but you would think that there would be somebody on Team USA Gymnastics who would have seen that as well. Then again, USA Gymnastics is going through quite the shit show of its own. Um, That's fair. It, but Laurie Hernandez, they like they caught, they pulled the trigger and said, "You're hurt. You can't go through this." I watched her like uh, commentate on the uh, trials, crying and like, and so you. But somebody did the right but thing. But I think for that's her. another area where they, that, that, as a society, we lack still. You know, like especially in sports, sports psychology. Right. There's this belief that you know you just have to be tougher than that. You have to push through it. It's the great ones overcome that. Right. They they overcome the wiggles right. and the the little missteps and stuff like that. And and you know Michael Jordan right could call himself the goat or act like the greatest player of all time and still go win six championships. Right. Like he wasn't worried about it. Wasn't anything, you know? And I mean, even LeBron, right? Like LeBron very much yeah. kind of bought into the whole, like, yeah, I'm probably one of the best players to ever play the game. And I'm hoping that I can win enough championships. So y'all stop asking me that. <laughs> yeah, I, I get tired of people getting LeBron, man. Like, you know, you know, I have this. My my definition of winning is basically, did I win what I wanted to win, right? And that's always that's that that goalpost is always sure. moving, and I think people forget that. Um, I'm super competitive. Like I'm competitive at my own detriment, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and I have to be aware of the fact that I have an addiction. My addiction is work. My addiction is uh, like completing the task. My addiction is there's, I and I I know that workaholism is a it's an mm -hmm. addiction, and I am super 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 susceptible to giving into that. I've gone uh, there's a point in my life where I work twenty two days straight. Like and this is not like hyperbole. This is a a fact of life. Twenty. Two days. How did straight. you feel after those twenty-two days? Well, first of all, I got a ticket <laughs> because <laughs> I was leaving Greensboro, going to Winston, and I was in like maybe a hundred and ten. I, my son was coming back from Florida, and I just stopped thinking about um, how fast I was going. I just wanted yeah. to see my son, um, and it just kind of that was like domino number one into a, a tailspin. Um, I have a, I have a problem. Like my problem is like, Hey, success is like, you define what that looks like, but you can't, you can't live on the edge yeah. like that. And I can imagine for Simone Biles who, um, who consistently, even in her worst day is like somebody else's like a hundred percent. Um, so I'm not, ju I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying like, surround yourself with people that can be honest yeah. with you. Um, not to say her parents aren't honest with her, but 
Somebody should ask some different No, but questions. I think like you make a really good point in terms of defining what success looks like to you, right? Because for Simone, I would imagine going into this Olympics, success probably only looked like a certain number of gold medals, right? Like winning the right. team overall, winning the certain specific individual events, and probably even in her mind, winning ones that she wasn't necessarily favored in, you know? Like the, right. And I do, like I understand that competitive... Um, nature of believing that you are going to win everything, right? That that is a big kind of part of it is overcoming that doubt that you may have in your own mind. But yeah, like at, at some point, I think you do, like you have to stop and be honest with yourself, you know, like, am I doing the things that are best for me? Am, am I going to look back and say that I I made the right decision for me and my family or for, you know, depending on where you are in your life, right? Um, for me and my my career, for me and my advancement as a person, right? Because right? I think maybe far too often we pay a lot of attention to people's careers and not so much like who they are as an individual person, right? It's like, oh, this person's really successful. Okay, because they got to a certain position in a company, but, you know, like is. Is the guy with a loving family and children at home, <laughs> like, is he any less successful in that same, you know, like, not in the same regard, but in a different way, right? Like, there's, there are different levels of success for all of us. I think, personally, that's maybe one of my, like, good traits is that <laughs> I I feel like I'm pretty good at understanding, like, what success looks like to me. And I'm maybe, maybe not such a great trait is that sometimes I set the bar a little low. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as I can do this, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Um, but the question that I that I find that kind of helps me to recenter is, do I want this? Yeah. And we talked before we started recording, like where I'm at currently. I, I that's not what I want. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a really hard place. Hard, to I always be. say, re- yeah. The the in asking that question and. And being able to reconcile and be honest with your answer is it's it's a that's a pill to swallow. I think um, it's a it's a question most I, people I th- aren't comfortable asking themselves. Sure, but you always have to play that thought out and ask yourself at yeah. what cost, right? Um, we all know ourselves. I'm not saying I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I can just tell you that uh, what works for me is is basically stepping back and saying at what cost right i i can do this i i know i can <laughs> i know that i will you know work my fingers to a nub to make it happen but the question always has to be at what cost um i laugh and so i my heart no go ahead huh? no, no no no. <laughs> go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say like my heart goes out to simone and it was uh Something I've been like for the last few hours, I've been pondering like, yeah, I wonder what she's going through. I wonder if she has people around her that are genuinely um, trying to understand how she came to this conclusion. Um, I wonder if people actually step back before, you know, you know, be in the spotlight with her to say, or ask that question. Are you good? Uh, so, yeah. What were um, you say? I don't remember now, but that's okay. It wasn't anything super important. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen me like where I just get obsessed with. Oh, things. now I remember. Um, it was an E area story. Okay. Well, yeah, so ahead. it just like you know when I first started at E area, um, it they pitched themselves as the you know startup 
culture in the heart of Carrie. Um, Silicon Valley feel and all this stuff, which essentially meant we expect you to work ridiculous hours in exchange for a pool table and sodas and beer. Um, and sure, yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest, right? At a certain age, that's that's a perfectly acceptable exchange. It's, en it's right? enticing. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah. all right, cool. I'll hang out. Right. I'm, am I really working if I'm sitting at my desk and I kind of like what I'm doing, but I'm having a couple of beers while I'm doing it? Like, oh, I'm kind of working and hanging out like it's a little bit of both. Right. But there became a point right. where my commitment to work and what I was doing there was impacting my life at home. And right. to the. I don't know, I guess, chagrin of a certain executive at the time, <laughs> yeah. he really didn't appreciate the fact that I had made the decision that my family and my home life were more important than anything that would be happening at work. Right. And there were times that we've talked about on this podcast where I made that decision and said, no, I'm going <laughs> to the beach for the 4th of July weekend. I don't care that you rescheduled the launch of our website for the same weekend. I'll be online while I'm there, but my family comes first. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I don't work there anymore. Right. But I still have right. my daughter. Like that's what it really boils down to. And I would make that same decision a million times over. Right. Like that decision, I feel like because I'll be honest, Chris Smith, the employee, did not always stand up for himself in that way. There was there was probably <laughs> the majority of my career prior to that where i would have just said oh i'm not supposed to go okay i'll stay i'm really sorry sir yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah <laughs> <Not> exactly <laughs> like that was more likely to happen than what happened that day and for some reason that day why am i being yeah, selfish was, <laughs> exactly like oh man i am kind of being selfish it was like no he's the one who's being selfish here he knows that i can do this from there he just wants me to be here so that he can grab me by the neck if something goes wrong well he'll get to do that when i come back at worst but yeah nothing yeah. went wrong um but there there is a there's a uh, an article i read in uh, the wall street journal i'd say about 11 or 12 years ago right um and there was a, a time oh, so back like, when the wall street journal was still like valuable yeah it was cool. actually yeah. decent <laughs> like when I, when I actually had when a their Murdoch wasn't showing, it was <laughs> yeah. Their, stop showing your Murdoch. <laughs> you don't go full Murdoch unless right? you're Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was talking about uh, like men and families that were not taking promotions and stepping down from uh, management roles because the the toll was becoming yeah. too great. Um, and it always gave me a sense of clarity. I didn't change my career at the moment, but I knew it was okay. Um, and that's what I think people are, are they're, they're, they're kind of, we're, we're kind of in this really weird mix of, of, of what that looks like. Uh, you actually sent me an article. Oh yeah. I forgot what we were going to talk about that here. Let me plug the yeah. uh, technology yeah. um, bumper in real quick. Let's talk about technology. <laughs> and with that, I would say that. Well, so there... hold on. The article that I sent you was on the ransomware attacks. Um, 
and now yes. there are lawsuits, civil, um, that are stemming from that. Basically, people who were impacted either by their information being, uh, you know, collected in these ransomware attacks, or their business being impacted by, say, like the Colonial Pipeline gas shutdown. I've said many, many, many times, paying the ransom, bad yeah. play. The fact that they were in that position. That's just being lazy, and that's uh, that's the piece that is coming back to bite them, right? It's not it's not that yeah. they paid the ransom, although that's something that local governments are now starting to look into. Local and state governments are apparently um, here in North Carolina. I, I was reading it in the local paper down here because um, my parents still get a physical newspaper delivered to their house. I that's know, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's pretty great. Like I won't lie, I kind of like it. There's a, there's an element <laughs> of like that, that feel of the newspapers kind of. And you can turn it. Yeah, off, you can. Too. I can. It's I can amazing. put it down. Um, but yeah, yeah, like it was talking about how local and state governments are now starting to look at putting rules in place, basically for paying ransom. But that the governments might be the ones who are most susceptible to it. <laughs> <of anybody. laughs> I, I find the I find the irony of that. I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday about two things. One, that kind of came up, right? Um, and their fear about licensing mm -hmm. software, right? So I'm, I'm trying to help somebody to like streamline their or their operation, yeah. and and their their initial thought was, well, we don't have permission to do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You spend all this time putting stuff in Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheets. You guys pay for an Office 365 sub subscription. Your issue is not the licensing. Your issue is like you feel like uh, you're locked in is like with yeah. data. I'm like, any first of all, any crappy developer <laughs> any, that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. That makes you tied into a way of getting your data out. Like, you should have never hired them. Like, if that's their proposition, then you should right. say no. Um, security, like, I understand, like, that yeah. whole thing. And I, I'm not putting you in a position where, like, you're going to be locked into data. Like you can only use this right. data type and, or you're going to break any security like protocol. That is what people should be yes. doing. Example being colonial pipeline, like nothing infrastructure was damp. There was or, nothing uh, was stopping them from getting gas to the it customers. Was billing. It was, yeah, they billing. were afraid that they weren't going to get they paid for the gas that they sent out. That's all it was. Yeah. And then on top of that, they started sending gas to the big chain gas companies first, leaving all of the mom and pop shops, which, as we talked about on a previous episode, episode 67, I do believe, as I am currently still editing that one, um, <laughs> that gas stations are one of the largest percentages of uh, sole proprietorships in this country. Yep. And yet Colonial Pipeline literally, like... Bypass, bypass them, all. them all to send stuff out to the large chain gas stations instead. And that's where the lawsuit's coming in. Part of it. And because they I, had disrupted I, service, I, right? And the argument is there was no need for you to disrupt service. You could have continued to deliver, you know, the, the gas and we could have worked it out later. But it's going to be really interesting to see what the courts have to say about this in the long run in terms of the, you know, who's ultimately liable there. I think the courts will side with uh, uh, they'll side against Colonial Pipeline. They were wrong. Um, 
You know, you know what's interesting? I was talking with some people about technology and uh, we were talking about AI and neural, neural networks. And I said, you know, look, that's not my bag. I understand it from a technology standpoint. Um, I've got a, like a side project I'm working on that actually kind of uses AI. Um, and I said, but what's, what's interesting to me is that, oh, because they brought up sex mm -hmm. robots, right? And I said, what's interesting to me is that as a society, we have access to technology, but our brain goes to like the basis <laughs> bullshit. Right. <laughs> like the most traveled websites on the internet aren't um, like scientific studies right. or uh, it's yeah. porn. Like, let's just stop. Let's, let's cut the BS. Like when it comes to colonial pipeline, when it comes to how we use technology, whether it's uh, social media or just the, the average level, whatever, it goes to something that satisfies some type of like base primal sure. need money or sex or, or whatever. It's the technology in itself is not right. bad. It's, it's what we yeah. do with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, as usual, humans are the problem. It's not the sure. stuff that we create. It's um, the way that I, we use it. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, people are buying, like people are putting millions and millions of dollars into AI to create sex yeah. robots. People spent weeks. Actually, when, when I went to New York, I was driving um, through Virginia and I had to get gas. Guess what? There was a gas shortage. I had to drive, um, I want to say 10 miles off the highway into a town to hmm. get gas. Can you imagine that? Not in this day and age. <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, they should get yeah. sued. Like, you cannot, like, I don't blame capitalism. I blame, like, um, our, our ability to let the people that control the reins to continue yeah. to survive. No, I mean, you're right. I know, I know that I have railed against capitalism before, but I do understand that it's, it's more the people that are left to control it at this point, right? Than it right. is the actual system itself. And the fact that here in America, we have an incredibly bastardized version of capitalism um, where certain markets right. are protected and certain other ones aren't. And we avoid monopolies and oligarchies, except for where it actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's like, not oligarchies, but oligarchies. I yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily have a problem with monopoly. Not in certain markets, right? There are certain areas where it makes sense. Yes. In most areas, yeah. it makes sense. Give me an example where it doesn't. The game Monopoly. <laughs> if you only have one player, the yeah. game is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Boom. Argument the, one. The I'm argument out. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily have a hard on or a stiffy against like monopolies. I don't think they're necessarily they're they're not inherently bad. No, like in and of themselves, they aren't. It's it's typically what happens once they become a monopoly, right? What what has happened to in some cases what happened tra yes, traditionally, traditionally. yeah, yes. traditionally. Because I I don't think inherently monopolies are bad. If I, if I have specialized knowledge, for example, look at the um, uh, the vaccine sure. efforts, right? 
you have two different platforms and like I'm not a biologist nor a scientist, but I understand the fundamentals mm-hmm. of it. You have two platforms, uh, Pfizer and uh, Moderna, Moderna are doing really mm-hmm. well. J and J used a, a, an older platform and you know, I think I have, a, I might have a tail growing. I, did I you get the Johnson and Johnson? I, yeah. I did. Though Johnson um, & Johnson has also argued that the study that claims that it's not as effective against the variants, specifically the Delta variants, was conducted in a laboratory and was not peer-reviewed and all of the other stuff right. along with it. Just to throw that out there. But I hear you. But I'm, I'm yeah. still concerned. I, I, yeah. Understand. So, I mean, I got the Pfizer one, and I'm still concerned about the Delta variant. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. people, people... So I've been who, wearing a, I've yeah, wearing a mask. People who are fully vaccinated are coming. And I mean, most of the times, they're, they're asymptomatic. They don't even realize that they necessarily have it, which, right. granted, I'd rather be in that boat than on my deathbed at the hospital. But, you know, it's like, yeah, I can completely understand somebody who got the J&J vaccine sitting there going like... Did I get the wrong one? Right? Like, and it's not like you had a choice. <laughs> but, right. But inherently, I don't think when you look at the players in, in pharmaceuticals, there's only a handful. Right. Right. It's not inherently bad. It's just a matter of rebuilding the trust with the provider of said service. And I think that's the part where people, like, they don't look at that, that one factor. Monopoly, like, if you're going to be good at, like, for example, Tesla, if you're going to be able to innovate and make this this product work right. eventually, okay. But does, but does no Tesla need foul. to be the only electrical vehicle manufacturer? But they, right. but they won't. But be. that's what I'm saying. They, it's, but that's that's but that's that's the reality of like let somebody get to the top. They're not going to dictate the market. I just don't believe that's that's not. It's just not in our our DNA. As, no, as, and, as, and look, I guess. You make a very good point in that monopolies themselves are not inherently bad. And we have seen plenty of instances where non-monopolies have created as many issues, right? People who are not in a monopoly. So right. Right, there's the old story of the um, – like back in the day, I think it was General Motors, right, bought the patent to a carburetor or something like that that was going to make right. engines like ridiculously fuel efficient. You know, it means it was, it's the other joke is – you know, why doesn't Cad- Cadillac could make a car that lasts 100 years? Why don't they? Because then nobody would ever buy a Cadillac car again. <laughs> right. So we make cars that last 10 years and then you got to buy a new one. I mean, to some degree, we do that to ourselves. Right. In the way that we structure our right. economy and the business itself. Right. Don't focus on that. Focus on the service over the long haul. Right. It's not about new car sales. Right. It's about maintaining the relationship and the service. Yeah, exactly. But that's not where the car company, because they fork that over to the dealerships no the dealers you deal with that we have to sell new cars in order for us to make money okay again i i would just i would challenge yeah. the thought i'm like i think I, I think people would at at the end of the day you can only get so far with the first version of a widget people aren't going to buy a widget anymore it's just it's just not going to be the case right so you brought um, up masks right same yeah. thing happened here, right? With that, I mean, globally, really, like to some degree, mask fatigue. People stopped buying masks, right? I mean, like I bought a couple of masks, and then I had some more that I got, and I don't remember the last time that I bought a new mask. I just, I just bought masks oh, yesterday. Okay. Well, 
So, but I, I'm saying like, <laughs> I mean, and you're right. Like, it's not everybody, but, obviously. Like, they're. But I, but I, I, I think a market-driven economy is not necessarily sure. bad. People, consumers will decide the pace, the demand, if provided. Yeah, but I think where we find ourselves now is in a semi-dictated, you know, economy. Example yeah. would be internet. It would be internet, right? So uh, for all the, uh, uh, for every municipality that tries to do their own internet, like you get the lobbyists trying to chop right. them down. Well, let's get rid of the regulation that actually makes it an argument because we know that we need, we demand this service. And if Charter, Spectrum, or whoever it may be can't provide whatever it is that we need, they're yeah. going to fail. They'll, they'll have to pull out of that market. So inherently they're not bad. Pharmaceuticals inherently aren't bad. The the problem that you have to like nobody wants to dig into is like how are doctors prescribing? What are their what are their prognosis? Right. Those are things that we're we're constantly we're shying away from that part. Well, of the was it seventeen states so, just agreed to a massive settlement with uh, the pharmaceutical yeah. companies that had produced like Cardinal Health and a bunch of other distributors and the manufacturer of all the opioids. Because of that, because right. of the way that the doctors were prescribing them, because these companies were pushing these as cure-alls for anything, essentially, and just getting like, oh, just get your get your get your kids on opioids. Yeah, opioids. I mean, it's, yeah. It's just That'll heroin. Be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my point being, it's it's until we, as a society, decide that we're going to have the full conversation and get yeah. uncomfortable. We're always going to have the same Which conversation. Which is funny because it's the same conversation we keep having in the sense that what is the root problem? Stop treating the symptoms and identify the root problem and let's solve that. And that's what it boils down to, right? right. It's we're, we're not doing that on a number of cases. And and it's it's really starting to screw over our ability to function as a society. <laughs> and so like at some point, we just got to kind of get called on the carpet here, I think, and say like enough is enough, guys. Like. What's really working for us and what isn't? And how do we fix the things that aren't working? How do we stop triaging them at the end and go to where the problem is starting and fix it there? Like, let's not have a, let's not measure our dicks about who's an astronaut and who isn't. Sure. Yeah. Right. That is a waste of time for gonna... the FAA and any other organization that was involved in that decision. Yeah. If we're going to force the play on what, travel could look like if we're going to force a play on you know what our sure. options are to remove some where of is the, the FAA, FAA of... and NASA right in developing new space right, exactly. technology like you've basically pushed us no off way. onto the private sector and then the second that they finally achieve something you go oh zip flop no you're not an astronaut <laughs> right like no guys like put that back in your pants and why don't you get to work on putting your own astronauts back in space right. like so those, so it, it's, it's the chicken and the egg uh, argument for no reason. We and we can we consistently we default to inaction over action, not because of we're, we're not trying to solve the problem, but because it's a it's a comfort yeah. zone. We want to like we want to just try to pull apart the other argument over and over again. It, it's like how I feel about Tesla. I don't dislike what they're doing. I dislike what they're not yeah. doing. I dislike the fact that they're not taking accountability. Like they're getting was, ready like, to roll out. Like they're claiming that they are on the verge of a self-driving vehicle, right? 
And yet they're like a fifteen hundred dollar upgrade, sure. and we we promise this on isn't going to kill you thousands of or anybody else on yeah. the road. Okay, like you've literally proven that you have none of this. Like you've you've proven right. none of these <laughs> statements that you have made, and yet you keep just claiming that like we're on the verge. You know, all of these accidents are simply because like you are the ones responsible ultimately for putting that thing in the hands of people. I mean, it's the same reason that gun companies in a lot of ways, ought to be liable for the shit that happens with their guns. Like, you're the ones who's putting Bro, that stuff yeah. out there. You're the ones who decide that a massive magazine, right, high-capacity magazine, automatic, all this stuff, like, that's what you need to sell, okay? So when somebody takes your thing and goes and kills somebody, like, how is it that you are in no way responsible for that? It goes back to the level of trust that you have with the provider of said yeah. service. And I, and I think that... And I'm not on the fence on this one. I'm not trying to play both sides. I'm saying, no, you can have your argument, but play it out to the natural natural conclusion. Like, are you willing to do that? Like, argue with me all day, but don't be afraid of my, my question about, like, the train of thought you're using to come to this conclusion. Uh, and, and again, like, I'm not saying I want ill will towards Colonial Pipeline, but they're responsible. Yes. I, I've learned, I am learning over the last couple of weeks that my whole argument about uh, holding people accountable is probably weak. Like my own argument, it's, it's fundamentally sound, but there's weakness in my, my, like how I position it. I don't disagree. I'm starting to not disagree with holding somebody accountable. I think the phrasing is probably semantics, but it's wrong. Like I should be able to remind you of the fact that you are accountable for these right. actions and solely responsible. Yeah. So the two are yep. married. So in theory, you probably can hold somebody. No, I, 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 still I, I hear this, exactly I, what you're saying. It, and it is, it is on a very finite level, like a semantics argument in that sense. But I do think that there is, I mean, like semantics exists for a reason, right? There's, there's a reason yeah. we use the words that we do for certain things. And in this case, I still feel that, well, yes, you can, rem like you said, I think you can, you can remind somebody, hey, this is on you. Like, you're the person that is responsible and accountable for this. And at the end of the day, we're all right. looking at you to say, why did this happen or why didn't it? And you need to be able to answer that question. And if you aren't, then you're not the right person for the job. You shouldn't exactly. be Exactly. And that's, that's been hard for me to kind of. Yeah, I've, I know. I've, you, almost, you... <laughs> I've almost died on that hill. Like, <laughs> I've been there for some of those battles <laughs> because I think it's 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 an asinine argument to say, well, I'm going to hold you yeah. accountable. No, if I choose not to say that that's right. my thing, you're holding nothing right. at the you're, end of the day. Yeah, it, like you can punish somebody, right? Like you can ultimately make them responsible, right. but you can't make them hold themselves accountable for something. And I do think that, yeah, right. ultimately, like accountability is an internal thing more than anything else. Right. I think responsibility right. is more external. You can hold somebody responsible for the actions that they committed, but whether or not they come to terms with their own actions and, you know, the thing the, and admit, right, if there was wrongdoing, that wrongdoing was done, you cannot, yeah, was you cannot that. force accountability <laughs> onto somebody else, right? You People will deny it all day long. I mean, look at a certain somebody that we try not to talk about too much on here, right? Like... I mean, Jeez, yeah. he refuses to hold himself accountable for anything that he did. Nothing. It was his fault, right? He doesn't even hold himself responsible for anything. Um, right. It's always yeah. somebody else. And those those are detestable yes. traits. 
those are traits of a coward of a, of a yes. I mean that's you are you are afraid of what will happen to you when you say that you made a mistake there is nothing I don't know that there's much more cowardice in the world honestly no there's not like I can I mess up all the time yeah I I live to make mistakes because then I can learn from it I I remember a uh, a quote I saw that said a mistake no, um, what is it? A failure is a mistake in which nothing was learned. Yeah. And I, I honestly know I've made like I, made, I made mistakes today, but I've learned from them, and I try to course correct. And I think that at the end of the day, if we can get to a point, and and it's everybody, not just me, not it's not a race thing. It's yeah. not, it's there are issues that we have to, and we didn't even talk about critical race theory, which is like <laughs> something I've been I've been dying. Oh, good, to talk we have about. something for next week. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, gosh, it's um, yeah. I think that if we we as people try to number one, if we're honest with ourselves, and we surround ourselves with people that will be honest with us, um, we we move our society yeah. forward. Doesn't mean we get it right all the time. It just means that we have an opportunity to do better. Um, and that's where. When you when you listen to the loop of the things that we have to listen to the news, we listen to even mm -hmm. sports. People are just afraid to be like, yeah, nobody's willing to say, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. We we want to spin it to get attention yeah. it's, back it's, to ourselves. Right, it's somebody's fault. It's got to be somebody to who are we blaming with this? Who do we point the finger at? You know. And right. we talked about you know, like Simone Biles, and I feel like right now there's an awful lot of finger pointing that is directed directly at her. You know, kind of like, how did you not see this coming? How did you, you know, but I'm with you. And then it's like, man, where were the people around her? You know, yeah, there's a certain level of individual responsibility. But again, at a 24 years old, you would hope that the, their coaches and their, her, you know, her family would sit there and say like, hey. You're yeah, not good. Like, you, like right now, you're not right. okay. Like I, I surround my people, myself with people like, even though I may like, and I can I can be kind of inflammatory. Um, <laughs> I may push back and be like, "Man, shut up! You're, yeah. you're wrong." But I can also be like, "I'll call you back." And be like, "Yeah, you're right." I'm. I'm... But pride always comes before yeah. the fall, right? Um, and that's what I when I sorry every time you I say saw... pride, which is like, that's the second or third time this episode, <laughs> and I can't think of anything other than Ving Rhames <laughs> in Pulp Fiction. Or he's like that little sting. That's just pride. He says the <laughs> F word, but I but won't he's not here, so I don't have to cut it out. <laughs> but he's, he's not. not wrong. Pride, uh, pride is my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've said this before. My mom used to, because used to, when I was younger, I used to fight a lot, and she used to always say, "Somebody, someday, somebody's gonna whip your ass." And my. I thought it, I believed it, and I would say it. I haven't met them yet. And until I got older and I realized, like, no, you can have a good run. Nobody's saying you can't have a good run. But you're not going to always be the fastest. Like, that's that's the, like, personal maturity I had to come to to realize, like, yeah, my mom wasn't wrong. She wasn't saying she wanted to get yeah. beat up. But she was saying, like, you know, you can only shine for so long. There will long, come bro. a time when um, fighting won't be the answer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
ladies and gentlemen, we're super glad you guys joined us. Uh, this is another long yeah. episode. Uh, we're, you know, if you stuck through the end, hey, we had a great conversation. I had a few beers, um, and I'm selfishly stopping because I need to go get another <laughs> beer. <so>. That's okay. <laughs> I'm selfishly stopping because I haven't eaten dinner, and my family is like, "Where are you?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you can always catch us on uh, YouTube. Uh, hopefully, eventually, uh, we're on. Yeah, Spotify, Google Play Music, um, Apple Apple Music or Apple Podcast, um, SoundCloud, which is like that's where yep. we started, and we want to definitely give respect to SoundCloud. Um, yeah, really, like we should yeah. we should have SoundCloud listed as the first one, so that we could say we started from and the everything bottom, else. and now we're here. <laughs> you didn't even see it coming. I, 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 after a couple of words, I was like, make him stop, but he kept going. Uh, visit our website at chrisandandreshow.com. If you want to send me an email or uh, say, hey, Andre, that was right. You're spot on. <laughs> send me an email at, <laughs> at Andre at Chris and Andre Show. No, yeah, Andre at Chris and Andre Show.com or Chris, Chris at and Andre Show.com. Chris and Andre Show. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're, we will let life get back into balance and get some episodes out. Um, so we're super glad you joined us. As always, and I'm I Andre. am still. I think Chris is that is it the Chris and Andre show, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm Chris. We'll talk to you next. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>